0: Virtually everyone who lives in Huntingdon County is directly or indirectly familiar with the legend of John Armstrong, who is more commonly remembered as Captain Jack, the trader and pioneer settler who, along with two companions, was murdered by three Delaware Indians near Mount Union in 1744. The story of Captain Jack Armstrong played such a significant role in the history of Huntingdon County that his name is memorialized in dozens of natural features. The mountain pass known as Jack's Narrow was named in his honor, as is Jack's Spring, Jack's Mountain, and Jack's Creek. In fact, wherever the name Jack appears on a map of Blair, Huntington, Mifflin, Juniata, or Perry Counties, it's a pretty safe bet that the Jack in question was Captain John Armstrong, arguably Pennsylvania's most iconic hero of the frontier. However, what most people don't know is a strange story of how his long lost bones were finally discovered more than a century after his demise. But before we come to that point, let's revisit the history of Captain Jack's adventurous life and tragic death. According to local legend, Jack was just a young boy when he was kidnapped by the Iroquois. During his captivity, he learned their language and customs and when he finally earned his freedom, he settled on Duncan's Island at the confluence of the Juniata and Susquehanna Rivers. It was here on Duncan's Island where, sometime around 1730, he built a simple cabin for himself and his family. For several years, he lived alongside the Indians peacefully, earning an income by trading with his Iroquois neighbors and their bitter enemy, the Delaware. One evening, after returning from an afternoon of hunting, he discovered that his wife and children had been murdered by Indians, and his cabin burned to the ground. From that day forward, Jack was a changed man. Swearing vengeance upon the Indians, he assembled a militia of the toughest men the Susquehanna and Juniata Valleys had to offer, and received a commission as captain from the colonial governor of Pennsylvania. In the years that followed, Captain Jack and his army of Scots-Irish frontiersmen not only devoted themselves to the protection of white settlements in the valley, but mounted a crusade of untiring warfare upon the tribes of the Iroquois Confederacy. For these exploits, Armstrong was known by a variety of nicknames, the Black Hunter, the Black Rifle, and the Wild Hunter of the Juniata. His adventures were so well known throughout colonial America that author Washington Irving later wrote about him extensively in his biography of George Washington. In late February of 1744, Captain Jack and two of his servants, James Smith and Woodward Arnold, traveled to Mount Union to collect a long overdue debt from Musa Milan, a member of the Delaware tribe. Musamilan owed Armstrong some furs but when he told Armstrong that he did not have them the trader seized Musamilan's horse and rifle in lieu of the animal skins this would have paid off all but 20 shillings of musamilan's debt yet musamilan was greatly outraged he demanded the return of his horse but captain jack refused after a lengthy heated argument the indian went home in great anger A short time later, Captain Jack and his men were on their way to western Pennsylvania, and their route along the Juniata River caused them to pass Musamilan's cabin. The Indian's wife, recognizing the traders, approached them and demanded the return of her husband's horse. Armstrong said it was too late. He had already sold the horse to a man named James Berry. Later that day, when Musumilin's wife told him what Captain Jack had done, the Indian vowed revenge he convinced two young Delaware warriors to join him on hunting trip. But instead of leading the warriors to hunting grounds, Musumilin led them to a Rocky Mountain Gap where Armstrong, Young, and Arnold had set up camp. When Musumilin and his companions reached Captain Jack's camp, they found James Smith alone, sitting by the fire. Musumilin excused himself from his companions and told Smith that he wanted to have a word with him in private. He led Smith deep into the woods and shot him dead. The sound of the rifle shot attracted Woodward Arnold to the scene, but he too was shot and killed when Musumilin saw him coming up the path. When the Indian returned to camp, he laughed and told his companions about what he had done. The young Delaware warriors were horrified, but they were too afraid of Musumilin to leave him. Soon, the three Indians encountered Captain Jack, who was sitting on an old log. "'Where is my horse?' demanded Musumilin. "'I want my horse right now.' "'You shall have him,' replied Armstrong. "'Come to the fire and let us smoke and talk together.' He led the three Indians through the woods in the direction of the camp. When the opportunity presented itself, Musa shot Armstrong in the back. But years of traversing the rugged Pennsylvania wilderness had made Captain Jack as strong as an ox, and the attack did not kill him. As Captain Jack writhed on the ground in agony and anger, the cowardly Musa withdrew his tomahawk and scalped his victim. After Captain Jack and his servants failed to return home, suspicion immediately fell upon Musamilan. A meeting of the local militia was held on April 9th at the home of Joseph Chambers in Paxton, and it was decided that they should travel to Sunbury to consult with Chief Shikalemi before taking action. Chief Shikalemi was the overseer of the Six Nations of the Iroquois Confederacy, whose tribes had been at war with the Delaware for years. Shikalemi ordered eight of his men to go with the militia to apprehend Musumilan and forced the killer to take them to the scene of the crime. This party, consisting of several white men and five Indians, three of the Indians decided to run away during the night, was headed by James Berry, the man who had purchased the killer's horse. After a long, exhausting search, they located the bodies of two of the victims and buried them where they had fallen, near the spot that is known to this day as Jack's Narrows. A sworn affidavit from April 19, 1744, signed by members of the search party, identifies the members of this group as Jason Armstrong, Alexander Armstrong, Jacob Armstrong, Thomas McKee. Francis Ellis, John Forster, William Baskins, James Barry, John Watt, and David Denny. It was Barry who discovered what was left of Captain Jack, and in the April nineteenth letter, which was written by Alexander Armstrong and addressed to the governor, a description of the murder scene was provided. James Barry, a small distance from the aforesaid sleeping place, came to a white oak tree which had three notches on it. And close by this tree, he found a shoulder bone. The affidavit states that Barry, believing this bone to be from the shoulder of Captain Jack, showed the bone to his companions. The white men concluded that it was indeed the shoulder bone of Captain Jack, and surmised that the rest of his body had been eaten by Musamilan. The killer vehemently denied this accusation of cannibalism, but then one of the white men ordered Musumilin to hold the bone in his hand in order to see how he would react. The official record describes the strange event that followed. As soon as the Indian took the bone in his hand, his nose gushed out with blood. The Delaware tribe, astounded by what Musumilin had done, turned the killer over to the militia, and he was put in prison in Lancaster. Musumilan was tried for the murders in Philadelphia, but the trial ended in acquittal. A mile or so up from Mount Union lies the tiny village of Mapleton. During the late 19th century, Mapleton was the site of a locally famous unexplained phenomenon. For over a quarter of a century, residents of the village had reported seeing three strange lights hovering over a remote spot on nearby Rocky Ridge. From swamp gas to ball lightning, none of the suggested scientific explanations seemed to make sense. The mysterious lights always appeared at the same time in the same spot, and was always at its most brilliant in late February. The Altoona Times gives a detailed description of the phenomenon, which had the appearance of three rockets. Each would pop up from the ground and remain for a few minutes about three feet above the surface, and then disappear in succession. These lights were on a line and seemed to point to a larger, brighter light, like that from a lantern, which swayed to and fro over a crevice in the rock. On February 27, 1889, three men from Mapleton, Thomas Logan, A.K. Skipper, and John Grove, made up their minds to solve the mystery of the Rocky Ridge lights once and for all. Armed with picks and shovels, the three men traveled to the spot where the light had last been seen, determined to engage in a little amateur geology. As early as the 17th century, it had been known that some phosphate minerals emit a faint glow when exposed to oxygen. The men wondered if phosphorus, or some other naturally occurring substance, might be the source of Mapleton's infamous phantom lights. The men commenced digging, and at a depth of about six feet their picks struck two large, flat stones. They lifted the stones and were astounded at what their eyes beheld, the remains of a human skeleton. The bones were so old and brittle that they crumbled to dust at the slightest touch. Unsure of what to make of their find, the three men raced back to Mableton to report their discovery. As can be expected, dozens of curious locals hiked to the spot in an attempt to put the mystery to rest. It wasn't until about a week later when one of the older residents of the village visited Rocky Ridge and noticed something odd and vaguely familiar next to the unmarked grave. It was a large, ancient, white oak tree with three deep notches in its trunk. Were the three mystery lights that hovered over Rocky Ridge each February the spirits of Captain Jack Armstrong, James Smith, and Woodward Arnold? The precise location of their wilderness graves has been lost to history since 1744, and while there may be a perfectly rational explanation for this phenomenon, one newspaper account of the 1889 discovery closes with this interesting sentence. Since their discovery, the singular light which had been seen nightly for years has disappeared.